Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. What's up, guys? Welcome to today's episode. So pumped to jump in with you today and share my amazing interview I had with my friend and mentor, Vincent Puglisi. Recently, he was a guest uh, this past month on one of our uh, membership calls, on our Monday morning membership calls at 10 a.m. Eastern, and it was absolutely amazing, so I knew I had to share it with you guys here on the podcast. So you've heard about Vincent Puglisi many times. He's a mentor to me, leads the Total Life Freedom Mastermind and membership community that I'm involved with, and I've learned so much under his mentorship and, and just learned a ton and have grown my business a ton through knowing him. So I'm excited to bring him to you guys again, this time as he interacted with my membership community. I hope you guys enjoy this interview with Vincent, and I'll talk to you guys at the end of our interview. Welcome to today's membership call with our guest expert, Vincent Puglisi. So guys, you know Vincent, I mentioned him. Oh my, probably too much, maybe Vincent. Um, but we talk about him a lot here because just the way he does business is kind of countercultural, almost like the way like people tell you to build businesses a certain way. And he, and the way I've kind of learned, I don't know that you say this directly, is like, no, don't do all those crappy things that people do. Here's how he, why, when I say he's so different in how he does business, his book literally says at the bottom, Vincent Puglisi, non bestselling author. And so before we even get started with everything going on, Vincent, that kind of was like a kind of like dig at the writer community. Is that right? It is. So tell us real quick about that. And then let's get into your backstory a little bit on how you like everything you're doing now, building out the stadium model with the low price membership. And let's get going. Yeah, um, it it was because and it is because there's some as we all know in business, there's so much posturing and and I would say untruth, right? Garbage that goes on and everybody just trying to, and I get it. You got to build a business you want, you know, you want credibility and all this type of stuff. But in, in my world, in the author world, anybody's ever written a book, everybody's a best-selling author because I can, I can manipulate the system to have eight people buy on Amazon at three o'clock in the morning in my subcategory. And then I get that stamp that goes on my book, or I can spend that. I can even walk you through, through the process of spending $60,000 and how to get the entire thing done to become a Wall Street Journal or possibly New York Times bestseller without actually really selling books, selling it to different groups from within. There's all this system built up for it. So I said, I'm not playing the game at all, and I'm actually going to use it to my advantage. So I said, I'm going to be the first non-bestselling author in the world because everybody else is a bestselling author. I'll be the first non-bestselling author because if I'm going to be a bestselling author, it's going to be because it hit the top of the New York Times bestseller organically, naturally, not with all the manipulation. And uh, so I said, that'd be funny. But the funny thing about it is by putting that at the bottom of my book, it's gotten more publicity than any type of best-selling thing could have been. Because everybody's got the best-selling, but very few people can you say non-best-selling. So people just seem to like it. There's, there's so much here to help realtors. I want to hear about the reoccurring income. I also want to re- rewind to October of 2020. All right. I remember it like it was yesterday. You probably do too. We're going around the room. I, I of course, like came in to, like a bull in a China shop to your retreat where we had never met in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and people have kind of heard the power of hard conversations I did on the podcast talking about you basically telling me in less nice ways, shut up. You haven't yeah. earned the respect here. You haven't because you haven't been around. You haven't been on the calls. So we're going around the room at that retreat. 
we're talking about reoccurring income. Mm -hmm. We go around to me and I literally say, I'm a realtor. There's no such thing as reoccurring income. And you said, shut up. You have no idea what you're talking about. I don't say it that much, everybody, but I say it to John a lot, but not (laughs) to most. (laughs) So you believed that reoccurring income was possible for me, is possible for everyone, all the realtors on the call. Like, why were you so convinced, John, shut up, because you don't know what you're talking about. Now, now, right, you're here on the call and you see it. Yeah. Why were you so convinced that that was the case? And why are you so passionate about creating reoccurring income and teaching people and how it's even possible, right, for realtors here, even though, like at the time I was like, you're wrong. You have no idea we talk about, right? What was I missing and what do you teach people? Most people say that because that's the way we've been taught. This we're in a new world of business, right? You know, you can you now old school connection. It goes way back. I just interviewed a guy, Fred Klein, about an hour ago, who's a mentor of mine. He's eighty-one years old, and he's still the wealth of connection is him. He did it all before I even wrote the book. So those type of things, old school, will never go out of style in terms of the way that you connect, the way you build relationships, business-wise. When I graduated from high school, I had to hand in a paper application and wait for a phone call back. Business changes. Business changes over time. When, you know, 15 years ago, there were no membership sites. There was very little recurring online income. It just wasn't possible. And there was nobody to teach. So as time went on, and we're always evolving, we're always learning. I've watched and studied and also mentored many people into these niche membership or subscription type models where you're getting ongoing recurring income in different ways. You're using your skills in a different way than just one-to-one. And so I've seen people build real estate recurring online income in much more niche things than what you were talking about. I've seen it. And you look around this call, everybody could say, oh, well, John's doing a a membership. I couldn't do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Of course, because there's so many, there's so many fractions of it, meaning it could be local. It could be through a certain demographic. It's the power of the micro niche. The more you could develop a, a micro niche around your expertise, your knowledge, your talents, and build what Kevin Kelly talks about, which are a thousand true fans. Meaning, everybody's like, oh, I can't build a huge following. I don't have the, the money to do it. I don't have the network to do it. Kevin Kelly's assertion is all you need are a thousand true fans. You get a thousand people to pay you $100 a year for something. You've built yourself a you know a six figure business. Now that's just on basic levels. It's you know it's grown a little bit from there. But if you have a thousand people at a hundred dollars a year, that's a hundred thousand dollars. And when I heard that, I was like, you, I don't need a giant following. I don't need to just bug the crap out of everybody on social. I need my raving fans and over serve and over deliver them. They tell their friends and so on and so on. So that first happened as a service-based business, as most of us do. In the real estate world, we're in a, you're in a service-based business. When you learn the skills of that and you become successful with that and you become a leader in some ways, you can now create other options to now teach what you've learned. Because it really goes from doing to teaching a lot of times when it comes to that type of income it, and, and, or even just bringing people together. So we can do an entire call on specific niche membership sites that you will be stunned. Like I give the example all the time. There's a woman overseas in Europe and she has a a membership site for doodlers. Now, when I say doodlers, I don't mean like professional artists. I mean, people that like to draw on the back of their notepad. So she said, huh, 
I like hanging out with these people. I am these people. I'm going to lead and I'm going to build an online community for doodlers so we can have little challenges together. We can do, you know, we can get in groups and do. She has thousands of people, thousands of people paying $5 a month. She makes a multi six figure income off of a $5 doodling community. Now, if you can make a six figure and beyond business off of that, there's no way you could tell me you can't do it in your world if we just spent a little bit of time figuring out what the niche is. Yeah. Well, and I think it's all about connections, right? So Tessa, who's new with us, I like faces I see on this call, I met through like the real estate mastermind group. I connected with them. We talked about social media and then they said, hey, can you help me? Right. And, and so I, I think for so many people, well, why? what are you not doing? It's you're not making the connections, right? The wealth of connections. Bring us to the backstory. Like, how do you go from the photography business all the way to now creating something with total life freedom and then kind of now building out the stadium where you have learned right a lot from Liz Wilcox and some other people. And guys, just we'll probably have Liz on at some point. But Liz basically has a nine dollar monthly membership for email marketing right? She teaches you how to do the emails. Like, so the low price membership, and it's probably a way I'm going to take some of this content at some point. What have we missed? What have we all missed in business that you're like, wait, like, because you're building it out and having conversations about it. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's anything that we've missed. It's just, we're constantly learning. Like we don't, we don't beat ourselves up about what we missed it. It's like the opportunities keep coming and, and, and are growing. We could be scared of it, or we can grow with it. Whereas, you know, starting a podcast, most people doing a podcast today don't realize how difficult it was to do a podcast 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Just the technology of it, the RSS, like all this stuff, all these things that are now easy to just jump on Zoom and start were very challenging even seven or eight years ago. So when we weren't trained in doing that, we need to constantly relearn and retrain what we're doing because there's options that are coming up that we didn't see before. So, you know, the things that we're doing now, we have multiple levels of our membership, multiple levels, but they would have required so much more tech and so much more assistance than it does now. It's simply just my wife and I and some contractors that we, that we hire out. There's very little overhead to all of it, but we can keep creating new options for people that want something different. Meaning we started with a mastermind and then people said, well, I can't afford the mastermind and I can't afford the time that it takes, but is there another level? And we keep, and that's where the idea of the stadium came in, which we can discuss. But I just love the opportunities that this all brings to us because I am in the world of a micro niche. If you can create your world in, in your space to, for your people, you can then create multiple income options from low to high and even free. You know, you give stuff away that builds on that base of people that are your raving fans. And then you just over deliver to them and then they tell their friends. And it's not a very complicated process. But it feels that way when we get started. Yeah. So, so take us in. So the mastermind was first, then the community. And go ahead and, and tell everybody you're a Mets fan. So we'll let you love on the Mets for a second. No, and stay right. they, they stink. They stink. <laughs> tell us about like how it got built out to now kind of have a like one of the things you heard was why well, can't afford that. Now there's nobody should say I can't afford that at, you know, whatever your lowest one is, nine dollars a month. Yeah. Well, it's the idea came for me. So for those that don't know, I was a sports photographer for over 20 years. So I traveled the country. You know, I photographed the World Series, Super Bowl, you know, everything you can imagine. Kentucky Derby, WrestleMania, everything 
I got to I got to be a part of and never realized, you know, Jeremy might like this, never realized that sports has one of the greatest business models out there. But we don't look at that. We look at the drama and we look at the salaries and we watch the games. But I look at the business side of it. And and what I learned, and I'm not sure if any of you are here because you might be in real estate and doing something else. You might have a couple of things going on. What I learned was, you know, use the Mets for an example, even if they aren't very good. They're not confused in terms of the game that they play, meaning they go to City Field in Queens, New York, and they play baseball on this one field. They're not driving out to Astoria and trying to convince people to watch them play cricket. They're not driving out to Long Island trying to get people to watch them play tennis. They go to City Field and they play baseball. And what they do is they play one game, they're not confused, and they broadcast it. So they give stuff away for free, meaning they put it on the radio for free. You don't have to go to a game to become a Mets fan. You don't have to spend any money to be a Mets fan. But if you listen to it long enough and you hear the excitement in the crowd, eventually you go, man, that sounds like a lot of fun. I kind of want to go to one of those games. So then you listen to the radio, just like many of us that are sport. I'm going to buy a cheap seat to a, to a game. And you go to, you go to the game, you go, this experience is awesome. It's not very much money, but down below there, you know, they caught a foul ball. I can't catch a foul ball up here. So, wow. How much are those tickets? Well, those are more expensive. Okay, I get it. Better access. Down below there, once they catch a foul ball, well, the people in the lower level, they're getting autographs from the players. They're meeting the players. They have great seats. How much are those? Well, those are more expensive. Makes sense. What's that over there? Those are the luxury boxes. Oh, crap. Like, that's way more money. But now you might be sitting there with a celebrity or business partners and doing business deals. Oh, what's that? Oh, that's fantasy camp. You could spend 10 times as much money but you can literally play for a week with your idols that you grew up watching. Oh, and by the way, in the concourse are all types of products and services that they sell that don't require the players to sell it. They go on, they play one game for three hours and they have income streams from top to bottom while giving away a lot of content. The same thing, I'm a solopreneur, same thing for me. I play one game, Total Life Freedom. I help people build a business to create a life of time, money, and location freedom. If I got really confused and I got into the health business or I got into homeschooling, you're not going to know who I am. You're going to be like, oh, they're a little bit, he's a little bit of everything. He's not serious. No, this is my game. This is my game right here. Total life freedom. So when I go on an interview, when I speak here, when I go on a podcast, when I write an article, when I do a blog post, everything leads back to this message, this one message. And from there, you can listen for free. You can read for free. You can join a low priced membership that doesn't require very much time or money. On down the line, just like a stadium, you can do it in the community, you can get to the mastermind, you can go to a live event, you can fly out here, you know, luxury item for two days, and I can coach you one-to-one for two days, just you and me, top to bottom, offering by playing one game. That's where the stadium model came from, and you don't need to be a big franchise to do it. Individual solopreneurs can do this as well. Well, and I love it because so much of what you do is building the relationships, right? So tell us mm-hmm. for a $9 membership, people on this call might be like, oh yeah, I wouldn't, I'll put it out there online. And, and I think that's why sometimes we lose or we're not having the success you are or whatever it is. For $9 a month, you mm-hmm. have reached out to some people. And so kind of tell us, all right, so so pretend I'm a person yeah. that hears about your $9 membership. What is the, I guess, funnel, even though you don't really call it that, how do you guide me through to try to get me to the $9 membership? Well, it goes before that. 
I'll go before that because a lot of people say, mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. Somebody on this call might be like, I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to start mm-hmm. that up. I'm going to put it out there next week. And I would never recommend that because just like building a stadium, you don't just start putting seats into dirt and expect people to show up. You have to have mm-hmm. a foundation to what you're doing. You have to have a plan. So what we did is we spent six months, six months, even though we had established memberships above it and, and the income wasn't needed, it's an additional thing that we keep building. We had other things in place. We said, what's the upper level of our stadium? And I said, we have no other way for somebody to get in at a lower price to what we do. So a lot of people might not do this, but I got on the phone. I talked to probably 50 or 60 people mm-hmm. within my network. People lose ties. And, and it wasn't to sell anybody. It really, it truly was not to sell anybody. It was, here's the idea. Here's what I want to ask about this. What do you think about this? But at the same time, what I learned by accident was I wound up kind of coaching half the call. I wound up giving advice because I'm just a curious person and I like to help. So if we're on the phone, what are you working on? I hear what people are struggling with. I give answers to them. And then all of a sudden I say, here's this thing that I'm looking at. And I can't tell you how many people were like, well, if this is what you're going to be talking about in the membership, I'm in. Without even trying to sell, we had a really solid founding base of people to join the low price membership from that. It wasn't through email marketing. We did some of it, but it wasn't huge. But the connections, the relationships brought people closer together. I love it anyway. I would, I would, when I started this business, I said, I want to get paid to have conversations. If I could make a living having conversations, that'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. So there's all different levels to it. So that's how it started. So when people go, well, how did you get a hundred people to sign up for something like right away? It wasn't through some funnel. It was through connections, word of mouth, people telling other people after the conversations and it growing from there. So we always do everything grassroots to start. And then you tweak to see other ways to market it. And then you find multiple ways to do so. But that's how it started. Like everything else, grassroots and personal. Mm-hmm. Well, and what I think is so cool, and I'll put him on the spot for a second, but what I think is so awesome is you're willing to have conversations. So I just, first of all, and and I want to give a shout out to Stephen. Stephen, I talked about you. I think Stephen had I sent you a book and you read it. So part of it too in our in our real estate business and everything is like being willing to reach out. So Stephen mm-hmm. messaged you. Stephen mm-hmm. said, and I don't know what exactly would happen, but you're like, hey, let's jump on a call. And you helped him, encouraged him. Now, a lot. some people might have been like, oh, you're a new realtor. You're struggling. Nah, I'm good. And you didn't do that. You said, yeah, I'm happy to connect. And so much so, Stephen, I, I think I said thank you. But Vincent called me and he said, I just want to thank you so much for what you do and how you're, pro- I'm going to get emotional, like what you do, how you're promoting my stuff. I talked to Stephen and I just wanted to extend this offer to you. And it was very kind and very generous of him. And he didn't have to. Right. So that was like, oh, my goodness, that was so nice of Vincent to do for me. That was so nice of you to recommend me. And it's kind of like a few of you have mentioned, like, there's different kinds of currency, right? Mm -hmm. Paying for a membership is one, recommending is another, doing this is another. Like, and I think we often miss the conversations. So why? And maybe it's just like you value conversations. A lot of people would have seen Stephen's message and been like, yeah, cool. Thanks. Uh, Hey, thanks so much for the message. Have a great day. You said, hey, let's jump on a phone call. Okay, so let me give you background of what I do for everybody else. And this relates to this. Every day, part of my routine, which I don't have much of a routine, but I call it the hour of giving, where I spend an hour just connecting with people with no expectations. Sometimes it's two hours. I'll reach out. I will reach out to see how people are doing. 
no expectations. I will make recommendations. I will make connections. Here's the sad part of that. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the downside to it. I, if I, if on average, if you say that I reached out to 10 people a day, five of the people will never respond back. Even people I know, even connections will not respond back. They're too busy. They're, they see it and they pass by. They don't think anything of it, whatever it is. Two people, two or three people will respond back, but they will literally say, hey, I'm doing great. Everything's going wonderful. And then it will stop at that. There won't be a question. There won't be curiosity. There won't be anything like that. There will just be, hey, I answered your question. And then two people will engage in conversation. Two out of 10 will engage in a real conversation. That's where the gold is. Unbelievable things have happened in my world just from those two out of 10 in terms of collaboration. But the reality is most people don't value it. Even people that read my book, follow my podcast, they still blow off the conversations. It's amazing to me because like if I'm, you know, if I'm reaching out to somebody or somebody say Seth Godin, and I'm not putting myself in that level, but if, if Seth Godin, you know, reached out to me to see how I'm doing and I give a thumbs up, right? So many people are so, they are not trained in communication. They're not trained in connection. They don't understand the value of this. When I do that, the hour of giving, I can't even explain to you how many opportunities have come up. I've reached out on birthdays and people go, I'm so glad you did. I'm looking for a speaker for my event. You just popped into my, and I got speaking gigs from it. I've gotten work from it. I've gotten big paying clients from it without looking for it just from being top of mind and being curious and being interested just from that. And it's genuine, right? You yeah, it's even, completely genuine. Yeah. You, as you built the membership and just wanted to, oh, I'm sorry, the low price membership, you even had people that kind of expected you to kind of like give them a hard pitch. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because well, we're used to that. We're just used to this world of business where we reach out when we want something and we ignore people when we don't, or we give lip service. So if I do hear from you, you know, I go back to the world of photography. When I was shooting sports, I would shoot the Steelers games. I had season pass and I would get assistant passes. And the, it was amazing. The New England Patriots are coming to town, Tom Brady. And then on Friday afternoon, hey, it's been years. Can I be your assistant on Sunday? And I'm like, no. I'm like, I, you know who gets the passes? The people who are in my life. The people who keep in touch. The people who are around. It's it, the amount of people that reach out only when they want something. And I see this in the real estate world, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, think of me for your whatever. Do you do it back for them? Are you connecting for them? Are you reaching out to see how they're doing? Are you doing it only when you want to sell or when they're selling their house or looking to buy? Or are you keeping in touch with people when you don't need to get anything? That's when the trust is built, not when you need a sale or you need a client. And people, I think our clients aren't stupid. They see the desperation, right? The best thing I ever did when I paid off my house was put it when we put on social media, People were like, oh, you were serious when you said you didn't care if I bought a house or not, because they're so used to being pitched that suddenly when like they're like, wait, you paid off your freaking mortgage? I'm like, yes. They're like, oh, so like it's kind of like that was proof of concept that what what I say is actually true, that I don't need you to buy a house this month. Uh, and I say, guys, I say to clients, and I've said I know some of you are new. I've said it before. I basically say, I don't care if you buy a house this month next month, a year from now. And I will joke, like, I prefer not like like 12 years from now, but like it's based on when it's best for you. And that completely shifts. So many people that I coach are like, I just was talking to somebody in the past week. My clients can feel my desperation. And I'm like, all right, we got to talk. How do we shift that? How do we? And sometimes that shift is 
I'm an open, right? Guys, how did my business on social media get started? I'm at open houses. I'm doing showings. Now that first, those showings was 63 for my first client, but it kind of shifted to where people are like, you're successful. Now that was June of 2020. I'm broke. I think I'm going to lose my house, but I see from social media, the wheel starting to turn. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now that I brought up social media, we'll ask you, I never thought guys, and I'm so thankful. God is so good. I never thought six months ago or a year ago, as I was trying to get Vincent to use social media, <laughs> that I would be asking him about the success he has on social media now. But kind of take us back to a year ago. I mean, you've always said I do it different than everybody else. I do it my own way. You were not using social media to grow your business. Um, no. so tell us about that and why and why you shifted. I still really am not. In, in a lot of ways, like I'm not utilizing it that way very much. But what I what I sell in social media is the life, mm -hmm. right? So the name of our business is called Total Life Freedom. So when you can see that on you know Wednesday afternoon, I could just go to the beach for the day just to think, or I take my kid to a baseball game on a Thursday afternoon, I'm not selling you business. I'm selling you the idea, oh my goodness, you can live a life that you don't realize that you can live. And it goes back to the whole idea of recurring income, membership, all that type of stuff. I used to have to go to work to get paid. I used to have to build that way. Now you can create something where you wake up in the morning and you look at your phone and there's nine payments that have come through before you've even gotten out of bed. It's a kind of nice way to live and do business that I never would have known before. What that affords me is opportunity. Opportunity to be with our kids. We homeschool our kids. We work from home. That option is what maybe everybody else doesn't want it, but we want it. So if I can sell that life, if I can sell the life of like, oh my goodness, like you're able to do that because of this, that enforces the business. That's where, so I don't talk about the business too much and we could do more, but what we do is sell the life and the lifestyle by how we live authentically and the right people and the ones that want are going to be attracted to it. And the ones that are going to be annoyed by it, and there are going to be some, they won't. And that's totally fine. And the one thing that I've learned in business is it's okay to say, this is not for you. If you're going to argue with me that this is not possible, you can continue thinking it's not possible. I will not try to convince somebody that doesn't want to be convinced. It, it, uh, that's not my job. My job is to take people that want this and guide them to get that. And I don't worry about it. You know, so I will literally do content for the people that don't agree with what I do. I will, you know, I have no problem, no problem with people disagreeing with it, but I'm not going to try to convince them of it. That's not my, that's not what I'm supposed to do. Well, and I think you do it so well, because again, even posting about your family posting, you know, I love when you post guys, should I work at the, by the pool today or at the beach? You already know you're going to the beach, but it kind of brings engagement. When that engagement increases, there are people, and we've talked about the algorithm. I tell, I put on my Steve Urkel glasses for this, but you are seeing more of people that you want to see and they're seeing you and they might be like, oh, yeah, hey, I, I just saw your post about Dylan. Guys, he's got three sons and Dylan is collects electronics, goes to the junkyard. So someone will see a post about Dylan and it's a story for you. Everything's a story. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, that reminded me I wanted to join the nine dollar membership. It's it's top of mind marketing. If you want to look in terms of marketing, it's top of mind marketing where I did a post the other day about peanut butter and jelly. One of the most controversial topics in the world. That oh, wait, yes. Oh, guys, this man is a psychopath. We should not even be on this call. Okay, no, I gotta ask. Tell them what you let, do. Let, let, let me ask. Let me ask the question of your group. Mm -hmm. Do you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich by putting peanut butter on the bread and then jelly on top of the peanut butter or peanut butter on one side and jelly on the other? All right, guys. On the other. Come on, please. 
peanut butter and jelly on both. Ew, Jeremy, you're a psychopath too. No, well, the <laughs> jelly's gonna seep through the the bread. Dude. All right, we got it. Maybe on both breads and jelly in the middle. Okay, one on each from Tessa, Alyssa. One on each side. Thank yeah, you, Alyssa. One. I knew you were great realtor. Both. Each side, I, okay. Thank you, Tina. This this is the most engagement we'll get on the call this time. I did this stupid post on Saturday because my family up. annoyed me because they always argue with me about the way I make a peanut butter and jelly. And I post it because they were watching the Studio C thing about the same. And I posted it thinking, whatever. Two people like I think, it. There's like 150 comments already. And everybody's given their like we could do a peanut butter and jelly cookbook from this one post. It's hysterical. But what it does is every one of those comments leads to the next link or the next post underneath it. Because if this is funny, you scroll down and then there's a link possibly to my blog or the, the link to something else. It's it's top of it's marketing. It's top of mind marketing. When you can get engagement, they're going to see other things that you do. So right here, you see that what are there? There's already seven, eight comments, nine comments. Uh-huh. It's like so figuring out ways to engage your audience. It doesn't have to be about business. Yeah. But something like that that I would thought we got nothing, yeah, you know, kind of blew up. Well, in each of you that um, wait, Josh, the real question is, do you cut it? And if so, across your diagonal, across. Oh my gosh, this is you guys. Diagonal seems like a waste. It seems like too many bites that wouldn't have enough. So, yeah, that that's <laughs> uncomfortable for me. So you, we'll we'll go back to it. You believe that this is possible for everyone, right? We'll we'll go back, and I think it's. I, I love this call because we've got high producers making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. We have people making nothing, right? And that's not, and so we're kind of like, all right, how do we gradually get you growing your business? But I think it's important to not get stuck where you are and see the potential in ourselves and in others. I just want to explain something about this that I think is very important. Yep. Regardless if you're a high earner or not, the way I view it in terms of this pyramid is if you have one income stream, right? When I had a job, if they let me go, all my income, gone. Just like that. All my income, I've been there before. And then say, okay, I'm going to go into consulting. I'm going to become like a service-based business owner. Now I have five clients, right? If one of them leaves me, it's painful. That's 20% of my income. I'll survive, but it's still, you know, it's, it might keep you up at night. Let's go down another level. Let's say you have a hundred people paying you at a lower price. Now, if somebody leaves at that point, somebody doesn't work with you anymore, it's more of an ego hit then it is a financial hit, meaning, oh, John's a part of my membership. John decided to leave. Why doesn't John like me anymore? It's not a financial thing anymore because it's 1% of this one thing that could be replaced easily. Now you spread that to a thousand or thousands, like what Liz has done, like what people have done. Now you don't even notice it. You just keep working to fill them. What I wanted to do, because I went, I came from a financially scarce background. My We did fine until my dad, his business partner, 15 years old, emptied the bank accounts. And we went from doing well to 135 grand being taken out and we were broke. And my parents almost got divorced and we almost lost our house. So there's an internal strife that I dealt with, a pain, trauma for money that it always worried me, even when it shouldn't have. But to build out a system where you can have recurring income from different levels is the ultimate freedom in terms of finance, meaning you don't, you don't want to worry about if you lose a job. You don't have to worry about if you lose a client. You've built a system that allows you to get paid in multiple ways and different price points because there is a price point at every level for a client, whether you realize it or not. And you're seeing that with your establishment in terms of what you're doing here. And to be able to open people's minds 
Maybe it's not even in the field that you're in, but maybe you have a passion for comic books, like somebody I know that does, does a, a membership. Everything you can imagine is being created in this space. And it's only going to become more, we're, even though it seems like we're behind, we're at the very beginning stages of this. So this, I just think there's so much possibility. You know, Chris, we talked to the retreat in terms of sports, right? If you can put the time into it and you can put the effort into it, it can be created. I, I've seen it too many times to not believe it. Well, and now, okay, so tell us about your family member and the New York Jets, because now the Jets got Aaron Rodgers. It's blown up, but all yep. growing up. Josh, stop clapping. But this New He's York guy, we need him off the call. No, Steven. Oh, yeah. Steven's a huge Jets fan. So, like, people were so worried about your family member. And this is my, said, what? My, my cousin's son, Michael, mm-hmm. my cousin Vivian. She would call me like seven years ago. I'm worried about Michael because he kind of had an entrepreneurial spirit, but he's very introverted, right? He's introverted, but he's also, he loved the New York Jets, right? So, think about something that you love. He loved them. He would sit in his room and he would watch games. He would tape games and watch them in his room on a Tuesday afternoon. Sounds like a psychopath, right? Sounds crazy. You're, what are you doing? His mom was worried, but he was really good with math and he was really good with sports and he broke down film. So what he started doing was breaking this down and studying it because he's so passionate about it. They started writing a blog post about it. Nobody read the blog post at first. Mm-hmm. He just wrote because he loved it. He would do it anyway. Well, he started writing enough that people started finding him meaning other Jets reporters would start posting his blog post. And Vivian was, my cousin was like, oh my goodness, like people are starting to share this stuff. He's 17, 18 years old now at that point. Keeps doing this to where he starts getting published in New York media outlets on his own with his own blog to where a place called the Jets X Factor, which is a membership site, found him, learned about him. He started writing for them. He started breaking down coverage with his analysis that nobody else was doing because he was so in tune to that one specific niche, not just the Jets, but just the analysis of breaking down the plays. Mm-hmm. Wound up becoming a partner in the Jets X Factor membership, which is blowing up. So now he's got, I don't know, 30 or 40,000 followers on, on, on Twitter. He is now being interviewed by the major New York radio stations. He's now becoming a part of, and then yeah. they did a piece on him on WFAN in New York, and they basically called him the new media. The, the The biggest media outlet in New York was basically calling him and people like him the new media. And now he's 23 years old and yep. unlimited. And the thing with the membership is if they get a thousand more subscribers, you don't do any more work except for admin that you hire somebody. It's not like, oh, I need to take on more houses, my time. You do the same amount of work. You just scale it. And so that that's why. That yeah. stuff. I mean, and so Michael now 31.8 thousand followers. And so I think it's so important. Like, and that's, you know, you kind of jumped in. That was great. Like October, 2020, I had made $18,000 so far in my real estate career. And I, you said, right. People, some people on this call at the time, I don't think any of the originals are on here, but a few that I trained with were asking me questions about real estate. And you said, oh, you should start a pod. And I was like, I'm stressed. They're asking me a lot of questions, right? I'm not making money for this, which was fun. Like, and you're like, start a podcast. And I'm like, no, I'm like, you don't understand. Again, I was so oblivious. I was like, you don't understand. I've only made 18 grand. I'm not the expert. And you said, I think you said, shut up again. Anyway, you, but you basically said, John, you're telling me that new, the realtors that you trained with are asking you questions. So take their questions, put them in a podcast and be like, Hey, Sue, Jeremy, Tessa, thanks for asking that question. I just released a podcast about it because if nothing else, 
it saved me from four or five separate conversations. Right. And guys, look, I get so pumped about this because it doesn't matter if you've made zero dollars or eighteen thousand dollars or whatever. Right. I think of people even here that haven't sold a house. Well, guess what? You still know more than Vincent, no, like who's about to take the real estate exam. You do. Totally. Right. And Vincent knows more than someone that's about to start the course. And in your world, even every state, every city has yes. different rules, laws, things around it, just mm-hmm. communities that you can literally create just locally. Like you can say, okay, well, John's doing the real estate survival, so I can't do that. I'm not going to cut. Well, you can say, I'm going to lead realtors in Colorado. I'm going to lead realtors in Connect. There's when you can break down the micro niche of what you and, and what John started, I'm not even talking about you started essentially with social media. It wasn't even real estate. It was teaching people the social media side of it. You think about the, the movie Moneyball, which I think is very, a very telling thing. If you've ever watched that movie, this kid essentially changed the game of baseball. And he changed the game of baseball because of three things. He loved baseball. He went to Yale and he loved math. Very similar to Michael. He just had these three things that he loved, and he basically put them together to change the algorithm, which changed the entire sport of baseball. When you can take two or three things that are special to you and you blend them together, you've created your own micro niche. So I use sports in my world, right? The entrepreneurship, but when I, 20 years of photography, literally I've been on the baseline right next to LeBron James as he mapped out a game-winning playoff play. I walked through the tunnel with Tom Brady. I've heard these conversations. I use that for my content. I use that for credibility. Tell us, okay, so you you see what realtors are missing. Like, and you know a few of us on this call, like throw out a few ideas on like, hey, realtors, have you thought about this even in your local area? I think mostly as realtors, we're thinking about selling houses, but we're not really thinking about building a brand. And, and there's, you know, the way that realtors make money, I imagine if we went through it from real estate, it would be a very small number of income streams that come from it. I'm going to guess. I could be wrong, but it's generally we're selling houses or however it is. When you can think in terms of other ways Mm -hmm. that you can create income around this, that's where I get excited within that field because you could do consulting. You could, there's other things that you could be doing that you're interested in. If you know what your passions are, you know, but even that alone, the brand that you're going to build, right? Say it's going to be the Northern part of Connecticut. But right there, when you think about, we have a woman named Angela Brown who's joining our community next month. I just talked to her yesterday and she's she's found a way to monetize YouTube in 27 different ways with her, with her brand, 27 different ways. Yeah. You start realizing as you're promoting your real estate business, which is your backbone, if you build this up, you're going to find other realtors that are following you. They're going to be inspired by what you're doing. Can I do this in Northeastern Ohio? When you realize, here's the thing. Here's what I've learned that most people don't think about. I come from the world of newspapers. There used to be newspapers in every town. There used to be small newspapers in every town. They covered the news. Well, guess what happened? As the news industry started collapsing, there's no more local news. It's all been kind of spread out through the same organizations. There's a giant gap in every city and every town for news. Now, guess what? They created the news you can create the news. You can literally create your own real estate channel about this area. But what you're going to realize when you build that niche, over time, you won't just be talking about real estate. You'll be talking about things related to real estate. You'll be talking about finances because people need to learn how to get financing. They need to get their money together. You can have different experts in different ways, and you will see it grow into different places where oh, that can be monetized or oh, that can be. Then eventually, 
Maybe selling real estate isn't your main thing, which means your fees could become better because you don't need it as much. You're not as desperate for it. You're not as relying on one income stream. That's my key is I don't ever want to be affected by any client. Like the way I watched my dad have his life destroyed because one income stream and one thing was pulled out from him. I want to know that no matter what happens, we're good because we've got multiple income streams in different areas. That's what I think most people aren't thinking about. And that's the thing, right? We I've talked about it before. Like I'm at your highest tier. You joke about bringing a higher tier for John because <laughs> I'll yep. pay. But if I leave and don't spend my whatever it is, you're like, okay, thanks, John. Like, bye. Right? That, no, I mean, I mean, like I said, it's 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 sad because you yeah. have, you have relationship. Yes. But fi- but financially, yes, it's built in a way financially where it's like, I don't ever want to be slowed down because anything goes wrong financially. Vincent, thank you so much for your time. And it was an honor to have you on our call. And you've been a great mentor and friend to me. Tell us where um, people here on the call and listeners on the podcast can find you and connect with uh, you or the membership that you're building and everything that you're doing. Yeah, the website's totalifefreedom.com. Everything's on there. Even the podcast that's going to be coming back is on there. And there's a link for the school. If anybody's interested, we do a trial where you can get the first two lessons for a dollar. Vincent, thank you so, so much. Appreciate you very much. And just proud of you and what you're doing. And we'll talk to you soon. I hope you guys enjoyed this interview with Vincent Puglisi. I loved having him on our membership call recently as our guest expert. He was absolutely amazing, and I hope you guys really enjoyed it. We have great guests like this every month on the membership, so if you're interested in checking it out, I'd be honored to speak to you about if this could be a good fit for you and your real estate business. But before we close out, just wanted to share a few of my quick takeaways. Um, I absolutely Loved how he talked so much about at the beginning about the niche and how you can serve people not just one-to-one, but in a group like I've tried to do. And I loved how he talked about how you build out your micro niche, right? Well, you know, and he talked about being, you know, something you're an expert at, something you're knowledgeable about. And he talked about, right, the 1,000 true fans. And I would even add to that the expertise, the knowledge, and even the enjoyment, right? Think about Michael, right? His, you know the family member that he has, right? Doing something that they're good at, that they have knowledge of, and that they really enjoy. You know, you can you can build a micro niche of anything. I love how he shared about doodlers, right? You know, you can you can teach people or even create community where you can do almost anything in the world. That's what I love so much about the membership and as I build it out, because it was a very foreign concept to me until I met Vincent. But it's very possible if if someone can build, you know, a reoccurring income based on covering the New York Jets or doodling, you can build a reoccurring income on almost anything, including the real estate business that you have and your specific market and your niche. Loved as well how he talks so much about you know, continuing to, you know, make connections and continuing to over deliver, right? Through the mastermind and then the community and now with the low budget membership in the Total Life Freedom School. I also loved how Vincent talked about and he does this so often now with me and our mastermind group, but even sharing on the call about how sports is a great business model, right? And how he talked about the New York Mets, who I hate, but I love that he shares the business model. We'll say the Phillies, right? So the Phillies, you know, aren't confused about the game they play, right? He shared about the Mets at City Field. So for the Phillies, they play at Citizens Bank Park in the same way. They're not playing cricket. They're not playing basketball. They're playing one game for three hours 
And he, he even said, like, this is my game. It's total life freedom, right? And there's options for free, you know, with baseball, right? Listen to the radio and then the cheap seats. And then you go down lower where you can get a foul ball. Then you go lower than that where you can get autographs. And then you think about the luxury boxes where people are doing business and then the fantasy camp and then the products and services off of that. The Mets and Phillies and all those teams play one game. And I think so often why we struggle as realtors is because we're trying to play 27 different games. Now, I have an an episode coming out talking about, you know, trying many different things and I'll have it coming out this this coming Monday talking about my buddy Pete and trying all of the above. I would say that the difference is once you find the stuff that works, like yes, absolutely try all of the above and kind of throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks, but even once we've found what sticks, we're not sticking to that. We are trying different things. And that's why multiple times we've had episodes talking about don't forget what got you there, right? If you have something that works, if you have a game that works, don't change it just because, right? That's Vincent knows that his game is total life freedom and that's the game he plays. I love as well how he talked about how when he even started the total life freedom school that He didn't just jump into it. I think so often in real estate, we just jump into something without actually thinking and processing what the best decision is. And so I loved it. I think this is great for realtors as we think about stuff in our business. I love how he shared that him and his wife, Elizabeth, sent six months planning, thinking about what are the cheap seats, and then having right 50 to 60 conversations without trying to sell. But in those conversations, people would say, I'm in before he got to the end of the conversation, right? And he does so much of this, right? Reaching out during his hour of giving without expectation of people responding. When you do this, when you serve people, when you connect with people, you are going to have success, you know? And just like he was talking about with social media, the right people find it and it's top of mind marketing when he shares about his family, that people are reminded about the one game, Total Life Freedom, that he plays. You know, one of the things I really took away as well, kind of closing out our time together today, was as he talked about like different income streams and how so many of us realtors are kind of stuck in one income stream. I really want to encourage you, whether it's a membership, mastermind, podcast, whatever it is, think about how you're going to make money outside of just selling homes, right? I'll be honest with you guys, One of the main reasons I went to a company like eXp Realty is because there are multiple streams of income there to make money besides just helping clients buy and sell. And just like Vincent said, right, if you have a job and it's all your income and you get fired, all the income's gone, right? I've been there. (laughs) It's super painful, right? You kind of feel like your life is over. If, you know, you have five clients and one fires you, like, pretty painful, but at least you have 80% of your income. You know, if you have 100 people, right? You know, Vincent even said it's more ego than it is financial. So I absolutely love that and want to encourage you guys, you need to build, everyone needs to build multiple streams of income and you can do it, right? October 2020, John would be laughing at me, but you can do it and it is possible. Absolutely love the idea 
of different income streams. And even as he shared later, right, something there's a person coming to one of his you know mastermind calls that creates revenue 27 different ways through YouTube. You can even promote your business, right? through YouTube, through videos, and he kind of talked about how there's these giant gaps where there's no news anymore, no newspaper, right? And so even using, you know, maybe your business platform to talk about your city, your area, you have the knowledge to do that. So huge, huge thank you to Vincent for being our special guest today on the membership call and now here on the podcast. And thank you all for listening so much. Really hope this was helpful for you guys. If I can ever be of assistance in your real estate career, I'd be honored to speak with you. You can reach out to me anytime, but thanks so much for listening. Appreciate you guys so much. And I will talk to you on our next episode. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much, and we will see you on the next episode.